TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe I'm finally back. I am back, you guys, and I'm so excited. Yes, you are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. This is what I love to do, and I've been doing it for 25 years. It'll be 25 anyway, Jonathan, in July. Oh, Oh my God. <laughs> but I am here tonight with you, and what a special night it is. We of are going is... on a quarter century of yes. excellence. <laughs> excellence. <laughs> Don't rub it in, dude. Don't rub it in. Jonathan, here's the thing. Today is Easter. Tonight is Easter. And this is a big deal for so many Christians who celebrate Easter Sunday as a day of Jesus Christ's resurrection. This is what it's all about, which is written in the New Testament for almost all four of the Gospels. (laughs) Talk about it in some way. But according to the Gospel of John in the New Testament, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb where Jesus was buried and found it empty. An angel told her that Jesus had risen. Now, as I think about that, I remember what it was like, Jonathan, when I was just a young, young child. I'm talking six, seven, eight years old. And I remember my parents would take all six of their children and place us in the car. And here we were with our new, the new dresses the girls had, three girls, three boys, the the new little suits the boys had. And my parents were sitting in the front and just beaming. And I remember getting to the church at 8.30 in the morning with my new Easter dress. And there was so many children for Sunday school. And everyone was excited because eventually we knew we would get candy and eggs and all of that stuff, right? But then there was so much more after that. I remember telling the audience many years ago that when it came to church for me and my family growing up with our parents, it started at 830. That was Bible. um, uh, What do they call it? (laughs) Not Bible. Sunday school. Sunday school. Thank you. 830. And my father was the leader of that for many years. After that, church started at 11 o'clock. The service started at 11. And then it went till about two or three o'clock. Uh-huh. I know some people are just taking a deep breath right now. Like, <gasps> for real? Yeah, for real. Then we'd go home and we'd have dinner together. And usually there was a pastor in town that was visiting or a minister visiting. And they always wanted to come to my parents' home, our home. And they would have dinner and laugh and talk. And they would be the speaker later that night. But then at about 6 o'clock, we all, all the young people, the teenagers, all of us were there for something called YPWW. That was Young People people's willing workers. And it was all about usually an elderly person about 80 years old that would teach us how to be young. (laughs) It was really quite remarkable. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then after that, another service would start from 8 to about 9.30 to make sure the children got home in time to go to school in the morning. This was my life. This was how we celebrated the holidays, particularly Easter, and all of the songs that were about the resurrection, and all of the songs by the children and, and the teenagers' choir, and then the adult choir. It was quite remarkable. Now, I hold all of those memories very close to my heart, and I hope every one of you listening will also hold stories of your own close to your heart. No one has a perfect family. No one. There's no such thing. What's perfect is that we're perfect in each other's eyes, and it's enough. It is enough for us to just know that we love our family, that we care about them, we want to protect them. I've been teaching my granddaughters about this. It is remarkable. So as I stand or I sit here at this computer at home and I'm smiling beyond measure, I feel uplifted and joyful and I've missed every one of you. And I tell you, Jonathan, I've run into people while I'm out and I don't go out and about as much as I used to. But when I do run into someone and say, why have you been gone? Where have you been? When are you coming back? I cannot tell you the tears of joy that were shed doing every one of those questions. And so it is so great to be back. I have missed you, Jonathan. We have missed you, not just I, we as a collective, as a station, have missed your voice, have missed your humor, have missed your uh, your optimistic view on life. And I and I think there's someone else, there's there's a caller on the line um, caller, do you, do you want to introduce yourself to Miss Gerilyn here? Yes, please. Gerilyn Steele, this is Henry Lake, and I just want to say that we have missed you, sister. Um, first off, I love you. We love you. You know, you are such a unique person, a special person, not only to WCCL Radio, but to our entire state, our entire community. And I'm so happy that you're back. And, of course, you know, you would return on Easter. Hmm, how how's that work? <laughs> Don't go there, Henry. Don't go there. I, I'm just I just want to ask Gerilyn, are you wearing an Easter Sunday hat right now? Are you wearing no, one of the hats? No, honey, I let it go. I, my mother has a whole she has so many hats. And and every now and then I'll be doing a show and Javita will say to me, Hey Gerilyn, let's wear a hat. No, no, those days are over. I got a winter hat. There you go, that's it. <laughs> is is Henry still on? Yeah, oh. you you have been you have been, you have been missed, and you know I know that we've texted a couple of times and back and forth, and and you know you kind of a slow texter, sister. So I got I got to get on you about that. <laughs> when, when Henry Lake texts you, all right, you got to get back to me within twenty four hours. You can't be taking no days to be getting back to me. But I'm so happy to hear you. Um, you you have a like you are a special voice, and you have a special show in this market. And like Jonathan just said, and I want to echo it too. Um, very uplifting. Um, you kick a lot of real talk, but, you know, whenever I listen to your show, we get a little bit of everything. We get that optimism. We get that real talk. Uh, I love just, you know, the, 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 the musical taste that you have and what you bring that way, too. So you are uh, a very, very, a very special person to all of us at WCCL Radio. 
Oh my goodness. I am not going to cry. Do y'all hear me? I am so not going to cry. And I'm grateful to hear from you, Henry. I listen to your show more than you know. And I think you are a remarkable man and you always speak your truth. And I am so looking forward to hearing you any night that I can. So thank you for your kindness and your words. It means so much to me. So much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I just wanted to call in real quick. I'm about to Running this gym, give me a quick little cardio and a little sauna. I got me a little TV tonight I got to do for Channel 9, talk about these Timberwolves and all of their problems. But uh, but I just wanted to call it. I, I told Jonathan a couple days ago, earlier in the week, I said, look, when Geraldine comes back, I said, I want to be the first person to talk to her on the air, and I've accomplished that goal today. Yes, you have, sir, and I am so happy about it. Thank you. Much love to all you, right, my brother. Much love. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Yep. Oh my right. gosh, Jonathan! Tell me that's the only one I'm gonna get tonight, right? <laughs> I don't know. Now, now, <laughs> now, as as, as Lake said, him and I talked about this a couple days ago. I came in uh, to do a little prep work on on a couple of the shows um, earlier this week, and he was in. He was doing his show, and so I said, he said to me, "Hey, is is uh, do you have time for me to call in and and w- welcome Geraldine back?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, just call in." at the top of the show and we'll get you on. I don't know if there's anybody else that's going to call in. I don't oh, know. You, you have been missed over really the last couple weeping. months. You really have. You know, here's the thing, Jonathan. It has been a big challenge for me since February 8th, and I am coming out of it. I mean, I am almost out of it all, and I'm so grateful for those that were – that, you know, stopped me someplace. They saw me and said, hey, are you okay? We haven't heard from you and you're, we miss you on the radio. I just go, you know, pray for me. Just pray for me because that's what I need. But, oh, my gosh, I am feeling better. I'm getting stronger. <laughs> and I keep saying to myself, a lot what I have, so many others have as well. And, you know, they're still living. Everyone is still making it happen. Um, not everyone, but most people. And I have to tell you, I... I miss hearing from the listeners. I miss you, Jonathan. I miss, you know, talking with Chris Tubbs. And, um, you know, I, I just keep listening to other radio personalities at WCCO Radio, and it kind of makes me feel like I'm in the space. So thank you all for your prayers and your concerns and, you know, smiling at me when you see me. It just really matters to me. Now, here's the thing. I want you all to know that, Um, Whenever anyone is going through something in their lives, whether it's physical, emotional, or whatever that is, you know, the one thing we should do as a collective is to make sure that we contact that person in some way. If you don't know where they live, if you don't know their phone number, but you ran into them at the mall, take that moment at the mall. Take it. And you go quietly over to them and say, excuse me, but are you so-and-so? And do do you mind if I say hello to you and can I introduce you to my family? Anything like that. I'm the girl that loves that sort of thing. I was just walking with a dear friend of mine and we had the best time walking. But I kept running into people I've never met. And all of a sudden, Jonathan, I would turn around and start talking to a whole family of people that I didn't know. And it was the Best. Oh my gosh, how we all loved it. We started, it was almost as though we knew each other in that moment. Not everyone has a chance to do that. And I encourage all of us, including you, Jonathan, that no matter what, find a way to connect because we are nothing but a collection of stories as human beings. So you might as well get started on a new story. Now, I know you'll never promise me that, Jonathan, but I do hope you'll do it. 
it matters. You know me so well, do you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, the, it, real quick before we go to break, this is what the human experience is. It's there. There is a reason that there is an old adage that says no man is an island because there are very few of us on this planet, in the history of this planet, that have gone it alone and can only, and and don't need the connection to anyone, any other human being on the planet. We all need somebody, in my opinion. We all need somebody, and so connecting to people. And this is again where I talk about your optimism. You have the optimism to know we have the ability to connect to other people, even if we disagree on one thing or disagree vehemently on another, there's something there that we might be able to connect on. And that's the essence of life. That's the essence of humanity in, 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 in a sense. So for that and for just the, uh, the overallness of black exceptionalism, I'd like to give you this. Well, black exceptionalism. Oh, goodness. I don't think I've ever heard a crowd uh, clap like that for me. A big crowd like that. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Thank you, Jonathan. We're going to take a break, and I promise you we'll be back in a moment. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, everyone. It is so great to be back with you. It really matters to me as it matters to Jonathan. And and thank you so much to all that set in for me and filled in and did a great job. I'm so grateful for Shaletta and Susan, and I don't know who else joined in, but thank you. I do want to mention there have been so many people in the state of Minnesota and the Twin Cities that have really sent me such beautiful things, really support me with words. And I found one, Jonathan, today as I was going through some mail from 2009. And there's a woman that used to call in all the time. Her name is Alice Cowley, C-O-W-L-E-Y. She sent me a poem called Sowing the Seeds of Peace. And when I picked this up today, I said, I have to do this. I have to read this. Where do we start? 
is how it begins. It is within each one of us. Can I search for ways to improve myself? Oh, Geraldine has been on that journey. Are we all handicapped by our negative thoughts? Can kindness evolve if we search for it? Search for it. Search for it. Do I have respect for those who disagree with me? Mm. In our quest for peace, a little ways beginning with me, we can start sowing the seeds of respect and understanding in our families, our community, and between our churches, our country, and our world. World peace need not be an impossible dream. Again, that is by Alice Cowley. I don't know if Alice is still with us. I don't know if she still listens. But Alice, I thank you so much for sending this to me a long time ago. And today felt like the right day to deliver this to everyone else that is under the sound of my voice. So Jonathan, as we keep doing all of the stuff that we're doing tonight, all of the guests that we have, we're going to talk about serious things. We're going to talk about fun things. And we hope you'll stick and stay with us because there's a lot going on in the world. And if nothing else, if nothing else, remember, this is not to be an impossible dream. World peace can actually happen if it just goes one at a time between each one of us, back and forth, back and forth. We can do this. But so many people are giving up. Oh, my God. One person said to me, someone very dear to me, she said, Geraldine, I'm just ready for Jesus to come. I'm just ready for Jesus to come because this whole world is going to hell. And I said to her, what about the babies? What about the children that have gifts that we need delivered so that things can change? So don't look of it, look at it from a perspective of, well, I just give up. Don't do it. Don't give in to giving up. Find your place. Even if you have to stand still, find your place. Enough said. All right, Jonathan, I give it over to you until it's time for our first guest. And by the way, his name is Dan Kaufman. He is an author. The book is called The Fall of Wisconsin, The Conservative Conquest of a Progressive Bastion and the Future of American Politics. Mm, stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 7.33 here at WCCO, and my guest, my first guest tonight, is Dan Kaufman. He is an author, and the name of the book is The Fall of Wisconsin, The Conservative Conquest of a Progressive Bastion and the Future of American Politics. What is this all about? Well, this past Tuesday, Wisconsin held that spring election to settle races on board seats, mayoral challenges and referendum issues. Um, the most publicized race was the one for a vacant seat on the state Supreme Court. Now, Democrat Janet, let me hope, hope I get it right, Protosawitz defeated Republican Daniel Kelly to give the court a left lean for the first time since 2008. Now, what does this mean for the citizens of the state? And will it last? Well, we're going to talk to Dan Kaufman and find out. Welcome, Dan. How are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm doing well, sir. I am so excited to have you on tonight because that's one of the big questions for me. Um, what does this really mean to the citizens of the state of Wisconsin, as well as all the rest of us that are watching to see what would happen? Well, I think it has huge implications, not just for the state, but for the entire country. Um, Wisconsin has been under the most extreme partisan gerrymandering since 2011, 
when Republicans redistricted the state in a kind of secretive process at a law firm across the street from the state capitol. Um, and that um, redistricting was reaffirmed in 2021 when the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which was then ruled by a conservative four to three majority, uh, ruled that the state should the state's map should have the least changes to the 2011 maps, which essentially perpetuated the um, agenda of the politicians that had designed that map in 2011. So that's huge. And the other uh, factor, of course, is the abortion law. Uh, after the Dobbs decision in a law from 1849 went into effect in the state, essentially, and it's prohibited of all abortions except to save the life of a mother and threatened to uh, jail uh, abortion providers with up to six years in prison, stripping them of their medical license. And I think most important for the rest of the country is, uh, as probably most of your listeners know, Wisconsin is always closely divided or has been recently, not always. In presidential elections and the results of the 2020 presidential election in which Wisconsin was one of three states to essentially determine the Electoral College um, victory of Joe Biden uh, came before the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the court seriously entertain, entertained a challenge to those results that would have thrown out hundreds of thousands of ballots from Dane and Milwaukee counties, the state's largest and most democratic, and only by a single vote where the election results, um, uh, you know, maintained. So I think it has huge implications. There's also many other laws that may come under challenge. For example, the anti-labor legislation that Scott Walker passed in 2011 that Mm -hmm. essentially eliminated collective bargaining rights for public employees, voter ID law, and so on and so forth. The state was kind of a conservative laboratory for quite some time, so... Yeah, I remember when Wisconsin started changing, I mean, changing big time. And I'm just wondering, is it is it ever going to change back to what it was 50 years ago or even 30 years ago? It's so different now. And I'm, we're seeing this all over the country. That's what's so amazing to me. But one thing about Janet Protasewicz, who won this time, it's a big win. I'm just curious to know, are there other voices now um, in in this on this court that would you know work to make sure that Wisconsin would stay where it is right now or is it that we're going to see another change in what four years or something like that is this something that's going to last because usually they say once you get on the Supreme Court you're on it for life well in uh, in Wisconsin judges are elected for 10-year terms and there will be another election in 20. 20- 25 that could switch it back. Um, Democrats have been remarkably successful in the past five years. They've won 15 of 18 statewide elections, including mm. this one that just happened. So I think there's been a change. Um, and it largely, a lot of it is a backlash against essentially 12 years of minority rule. The, the holds on the state legislature has increasingly sort of culminated in a anger and um, sort of hope uh, on the progressive side. And I think they saw in this election an opportunity to um, to change some of the structural things that have been imposed upon the state. A lot of it from powerful conservative donors and think tanks, and much of that money has come from out of state. So I think there's a resentment that kind of has been percolating for a long time 
that sort of burst into the open. And Daniel Kelly, the uh, conservative opponent, was a not a very um, attractive candidate for a lot of people. He was very extreme. He was involved with consulting with the Republican Party on the January 6th. Um, the state Republican Party uh, was considering a plan to um, send a slate of fake electors um, that would support Donald Trump. And so I think there was uh, many reasons, but I think the victory is hugely significant, as is the margin of the victory. And um, whether or not it represents a fundamental sea change or just a temporary one remains to be seen. But I think there will be big changes afoot um, because the governor is a Democrat and the uh, now the uh, Supreme Court is controlled by liberals. So, You know, as soon as... Um someone wins a political fight um, like Janet. Um, it's just quite amazing what people will do. They'll start immediately hearing what she said before and really hold her to it. So if she is saying something like, um, you know, the voices of now or I am going to be, um, it's all about delivering justice and bringing common sense, you know, you wrote about this. And I just keep asking myself, if we make promises in any position political, especially this one, is it that we should we have to stick to it? Or if we don't, what are the consequences for this? Because right now, many Democrats are just living in this joy that she won. One point, just like you said, one point. She's living in this thing. And we are all that are Democrats are saying, yes, thank goodness. But then what happens if all of a sudden she slips? What do you well, say? I, 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 I don't I don't know. I mean, I think. You know, there's obviously politicians don't always follow through. Um, and on the other hand, there's a 10 year term for a Supreme Court justice. So I think the pressures will be, you know, um, I mean, I think it's a combination. You know, obviously things have there was the race is officially nonpartisan. That has been a farce for a long time. And it was quite clear where each candidate stood um, on the major issues that will come before the court. Um you know, I, I really don't know how to answer your question because uh, I think, you know, uh, there's some insulation in the state Supreme Court from immediate political pressures, namely the 10 year term. And I think that um, there's a lot. She was very clear pretty much about her position. She was very strongly pro-labor. She was called the maps rigged and she uh, loudly proclaimed that she was pro-choice. So I don't think there's going to be. I, I don't see in what way that she would probably rule differently. Obviously, she has to, you know, follow the law. And um, but that is interpretable. I mean, the Wisconsin state constitution suggests that there's a remedy for every harm. Well, under those conditions, um, you could certainly argue that um, voters have been harmed by the maps in the state, right. which, um, you know, so, I mean, and I think women have been harmed, you know, abortion providers are under an incredible uh, stressful situation where they face, even if they perform an abortion to save the life of the mother, there's a legal cloud hanging over them in which they could face up to six years in prison That's and right. lose their medical license. So I think there's very little, um, most of the state also, I think you can see the distortion of, the gerrymandering in the state's politics, two-thirds of the state or more favor abortion in all or more most cases. Uh, two-thirds or more are against the Want a Fair Maps uh, Commission to determine the state's districting boundaries. So 
I think the gerrymandering has really distorted Wisconsin's politics and, and kind of presented itself, presented the state as sort of a, a deep South anti-labor stronghold when the population doesn't want those things. Now, how far they'll be able to, as you say, turn it back is, is unclear, you know, but, uh, but it is, it is hugely significant because the court's role in affirming um, these changes that have been going on since 2011 has been really consequential, particularly since the governor won uh, in 2018 and defeated Scott Walker. Uh, mm-hmm. That was Tony Evers. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge as well. I guess for me as a woman um, who is fighting politically on so many fronts, I keep asking myself, where do we go next and how do we keep it going? How do you've got so many that are angry. You've got so many that are are angry on a, in a whole different way. It's like two conversations are going on and nobody's really talking. Do you know what I mean? That's the challenge for me. And as I've always wanted to run for a political office, and it scares me every time I read these stories about the things they say about women and how awful it is sometimes. Now, you know how politics work, uh, whether it's in Wisconsin or other states, I'm not sure. <clears throat> but it is very clear that women are treated differently from men when it comes to running for a political um, space. And I wonder if you agree with me on that. Well, I think there's a lot of misogyny in politics. I think that in general, the whole political system is deeply flawed in these days, largely because of dark money. I think racism and misogyny are are useful tools to the right in order to gin up a a base that's, you know, um, might share those sentiments, but also has been sort of hollowed out by economic insecurity. I mean, a lot of jobs have been lost in Wisconsin and people, the area all across the Rust Belt is really ripe for resentment, the politics of resentment. So I think those things can really flourish in that context. You saw a lot of racism directed at Mandela Barnes, the the Senate candidate that lost narrowly to Ron Johnson. And you saw a lot of misogynistic attacks on Janet Portisavich as well. I do think, though, one of the larger issues is just the amount of money on both sides, dark money, that has fueling um, these increasingly vitriolic campaigns. Um, and a lot of it is directed at women, but I think in general it doesn't serve our society very well when it's directed at anyone. And I think some of the most of the campaigns on the ad front in Wisconsin was sort of both sides attacking each other for being soft on crime. Um, Janet had uh, m- many more positive ads. And Dan Kelly, but her first ad was, was um, you know, attacking him for defending uh, some people accused of child molestation. So it's not a very enlightened campaign because of a lot of uh, dark money. And I wish it was different. And I, I do decry the misogyny. Um, and I think, um, you know, until we get the money out of politics, this these kinds of campaigns will will flourish. And yeah, it's increasingly scary out there. I agree with you. It is. It's really frightening. I have to say, um, Dan Kaufman, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Now, you are a contributor to The New Yorker and author of the book we have talked about just a moment ago, or mentioned at least, The Fall of Wisconsin, The Conservative Conquest of a Progressive Bastion and the Future of American Politics. Uh, And I thank you for joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And I do hope we can call on you again in the future. Thank you so much. No problem. It was my pleasure. Thanks a lot.
All right, sir. Good night. Okay. We're going to come back in just a moment and talk a little bit about this. We'll be back in a moment. It is now 749 here at WCCO. You're listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Gerilyn Steele. I am so happy to be back with you. It's been too long. And I thank you for your patience and sticking and staying with us uh, right here at WCCO Radio. Um, as you heard the conversation just a moment ago, I have so many other questions. And I know that um, our guest knew a whole lot of those answers. And they were pretty easy as well for him, uh, a few of them. So I kept thinking to myself, what do I really want people to know? about Janet Protasewicz. First of all, she... um the spring election had brought a monumental shift for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, giving liberals a four to three majority, as you heard uh, Mr. Kaufman saying. Uh, but the story of the night might have been the turnout, especially in places like Dane County, um, which, of course, um, um, our guest also mentioned that, Dan Kaufman. And then it went on to say um, she mentioned <clears throat> in her win, I want to thank all of you for being here this evening to celebrate this wonderful victory. Oftentimes we hear that, right? Today's results have been over a year in the making. I've been traveling this entire state for the last year. I could not have done it without the hard work and dedication of all of you right here in this room. I expected to hear that. And then she said in a victory speech, um, she thanked her supporters and promised to be a fair voice on the court. And I stopped right there because it's not easy to be a fair voice. In my uh, summation, it, when I keep hearing what other others that sit on <clears throat> the Supreme Court here in our nation or Supreme Court statewide, that's not an easy thing. It's just not easy to say, you know, what you're going to do and stick with it, even today, right? Even today, it's not easy, especially for a woman. Yet women are doing it every day from state to state, city to city. Even the lawyers that are working, many of them are doing their best to tell their truth and find out what is going on in one case after another case after another case. So I want to say thank you to the women who have really fought, who really believe that, yes, we can be good, we can do good the women that work with other women to encourage us to get out there and do more, say more, give your story, tell it. Because sometimes we don't want to. We don't want to be noticed. We know what we have inside of us, but we don't want to, you know, aggravate anything. We don't want to, to, to cause change to happen necessarily. And then there are those who all they want is to make change. All they want is to do better. It's not easy even as a woman. And I know that there are so many men that are running for office, but tonight I really need to talk about in this moment that it's the women that have done remarkable things. And thanks to the men who voted for them. Thanks for the men who inspired them, uplifted them, right? Soothed their pain or had questions that they could answer. Thank you to the men that made a difference in it. Or, or whatever the, if it's a wife or whomever it is, thank you for those that want to help make them better. Because without that, can you imagine what we would be like? Oh my goodness, we have a whole lot that we're talking about tonight. We have a great lineup. Thanks so much to my producers, Jonathan Lowe, whom you often hear on the radio, as well as Chris Tubbs. Um, we are doing the only three hours tonight. We are not doing the Mom and Michael Hour. 
since this is my first return, or, or at least I'm back, I shouldn't say my first return, but since I have returned, um, I'm really excited to not only do the first hour, the 7 o'clock hour, and the 8 o'clock hour, but the 9 o'clock hour of Center Stage we'll be doing as well. But we will not be doing the Mom and Michael hour. I will miss him tonight. And he is listening as much as he can. He is so busy right now with work. So thank you so much for being patient and sticking and staying with me tonight. Um, also, when we talk about Wisconsin, Janet also mentioned that she will always deliver justice and bring common sense to our Supreme Court. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine if this was one thing that we needed to do, ladies, women, as you listen? If this was just one thing we needed to do and get it right, wouldn't that be great to always deliver justice and bring common sense to our Supreme Court? Wow. <laughs> I'm so in. Well, our next guest coming up is Reed Mackey. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Jonathan. Is it Mackey? Reed Mackey? I believe it's Mackey. I will, I will check when I get in touch with him. All right. Thank you. Um, he's director of the Child Labor Coalition. Now, I'm sure many of you have been hearing a lot about child labor laws and how they are resurfacing, resurfacing. And we are having challenges with that. I am just thinking about it as I'm reading through it all. There's so much to talk about, so much. So please don't go anywhere. Stick and stay because it's important that we know what's happening, not just in our own state, but wherever you are, whatever state that you're in, if it's the southern states, the midwestern states, the south, the, the, the west, the east, wherever you are, this is important. So please stick and stay with us tonight. You are and, listening to Still Talking. And there is one other thing before we, we hit the break, Gerilyn, um, okay. that we'll continue to watch regarding this particular Supreme Court election that happened this week. Another thing that happened this week, and I didn't know whether you were going to get into it with Mr. Kaufman, um, there was a special election in the state Senate in Wisconsin that was won by Republican uh, State Rep Dan Canodal. And so... That is creating a supermajority in that chamber. And so they're looking at, even even with this, this result, um, talking about impeachment and everything for some of the Democratic leaders over in Wisconsin. So this is a space we may look at in, in future weeks, uh, talking about maybe supermajorities and state legislatures because – you have a supermajority in Wisconsin in, in at least one of the houses. You do have a supermajority in the state of Tennessee, in the Tennessee House, that led to some interesting developments this week. Uh, you now have a supermajority in North Carolina, I believe, in the House of Representatives, with a constituent switching parties from Democrat to Republican. And so this yeah, is something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And maybe we'll dive into that with somebody here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, it's really quite disturbing what's happening. Um, there's just super majorities everywhere, you know, and people are asking the question, how did this happen? Right. <laughs> That's the thing I'm not getting um, information on. I keep reading the newspapers, magazines, and I'm, I'm not getting the information I think I should have, but maybe it's not for me to have it yet. I don't know, Jonathan, but it's a lot to try to figure out. Our country is being redesigned. It's being redesigned. And even though we have a constitution and even more, 
we are still being redesigned. And I don't think it's in a good way, do you? The way that things have been going and and everybody talks about that that special word called polarization and the way that we've been acting toward each other, it's not good. I don't know who thinks it's good other than maybe a few select people that might be riding that division. Oh, there's so much to talk about. There's so much in the news. And then there are pieces that we overlook as well. So stay tuned, everyone. Be patient with us as we bring stories to the forefront, facts to the forefront, trying to get it right because of you. You deserve better. We'll be back in a moment. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 